God is doing in and through us. And he loves to co-labor with his people, amen. Uh, we want to do this on our own. And uh, the high calling he called us to. He's filled us with Holy Spirit. Never leave us as orphans. Walks with us and works through us. So I'm thankful um, today for my wife. Um, Battery. <laughs> on Tuesday, I said, hey, you want to speak like you do about every month? And um, she just gave me that look. Didn't say anything. So on Thursday, I said, what you got planned for Sunday? <laughs> and uh, reminded her again yesterday. Um, but that's the way we roll. We always roll like that. Um, and uh, I think we make a pretty good team. And, um, and so I am excited to hear um, what God's laying on her heart today. But thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. You hear me? It's fine. <laughs> okay. So here we are. Girls. I hope y'all didn't look at social media this morning. Did you? Because if you did, these things might be going through your mind. I bet you spent at least a little time thinking, oh gosh, I have to figure out a post to put on social media for my mom. Right? That adds a little pressure to the day. Um, and then you have to figure out, oh, what's the best picture I can put with that? Because you want to look good and you want your mom to look good. Thank you, Des. We got that covered. I don't know when we're going to get the pictures, but... Uh, we're going to get a picture for it. Thank you, Desmond. Um, and then you got to figure out some Jesus to put in it. you got to word your words. All these well-scripted, beautiful thoughts, you got to get them out there to post for the world, right? And what if you're a little mad at Mama? Okay, so that adds a little bit of pressure, too. So you have to be nice. You have to. She's your Mama, and it is Mother's Day. We have to be respectful. Or what if you just hate the holiday? Mother's Day. Well, then that made your day, right? Um, and now we're at church, and you're worn out from everything I've already said. Um, and if you are a mother, you're worn, you're worn out from getting everybody up, figuring out what they're going to wear, getting their hair done, make sure they brush their feet, wear the shoes. Guys, that shoe thing is not going away at my house. We never. Armani wore Eli's or Brian's flip-flops into the car. Um, and we just prayed that there were actually shoes in the car that she could swap and put on her feet. There were, thank God. Um, you also had to figure out if you have mothers and you honor them by buying them something, you had to figure out what to get them. And then if you actually went shopping, like we went to town yesterday to get these picture frames for you guys, that was nuts. It was like Black Friday. It was crazy. So if you manage that beast, God bless you. You're tired from that. Um, if you're cooking today, you had to figure out what to cook, who to cook for. You had to clean up to get ready for people to come over so you could cook. We're not cooking until tonight because I was just like, Okay? Um, then you're here and you're wrestling and wrangling these children, figuring out how to feed them during church because they eat like all the groceries during church and how to keep them quiet. And then when all the little other children come over to you right there, then y'all got to figure out how to wrangle those kids too. And it's hot and we're already sweating. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me just say if you wonder what mama wants, if mamas of little kids or medium-sized kids or big kids, if you wonder what they want for Mother's Day, it's a nap. Better yet, an uninterrupted nap. Better yet, you take them out of the house and they can't come in until I 
can, I can just nap or I can sit and stare into silence. Because if I ever nap, somebody goes, Mama. It's just a nap. That's what we want. I'm so glad y'all are here. And I don't know if y'all felt it. I just felt like this morning just, that's how I feel today. Like this. So I know what that means is Holy Spirit's up to something. Because there's no reason I should feel that way. Right? We're all here. We're healthy. We're happy. We're whole. Um, we're dressed. They ate something this morning. Um, the worship was amazing. God has given me all that I need. So I know Holy Spirit's up to something. So I just want to pray before we go any further and just welcome Him, give it to Him, bless Him. God, thank you that we're here. God, you have something to say. And we're asking you to move. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, for real though. How many of y'all heard it say that being a mother is a woman's highest calling? Y'all heard that? I'm going to look for nods. That's a lie. That is not biblical. In fact, Mother's Day is not a Jesus holiday. It's not true. Wednesday night, we dug into a little bit of what a woman's high calling, highest calling is. Uh, if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, you really should. Um, it's really good. So our highest calling is to love Jesus and to make Jesus known. We do that by being a disciple first and then discipling other people. We cannot do that without loving others. That is a woman's highest calling. So today I'm not talking to mothers. I'm talking to mothers of the faith. Okay, so Lydia, where'd she go? Come here. Miss Katie B, will you come up here? To come right here. Sadie, will you come up here? Nicole, will you come up here? Tree, will you come up here? Rebecca, will you come up here? Y'all make sure they can see y'all. Y'all beautiful. And Elliot, we have our two perfect. Okay, look at these ladies. These are all mothers of the faith. Every one of them. Even this one. Look at this little mother of the faith. So I'm talking to all of us today. Fathers of the faith, but I'm talking to you too. I'm just not focusing on you. Okay, thank you. Just wanted y'all to see them. This is for all of us. Okay? Um, that is our highest calling. This is something that speaks to all women. Women with child. Women with a child. Women with a herd of children. <laughs> That's, a... That's me. Women with stepchildren. Women who are raising somebody else's children. Women who are waiting on a child to adopt. Women who have never given birth to a child. Women who don't want to have children. Right? Women who've been told they cannot have children. Doesn't matter. We're all women of the faith. It goes on and on. No woman is off the hook. Young, old, rich, poor. We're all called to this calling if we are in Christ. Okay? Um, so let's look at that in scripture. I need someone. Today's gonna be an audience participation day in a lot of ways. So I need someone to find Titus two, three through five, and to stand up and to turn around and read it to everyone real loud.
Whoever's got it first, it's a race. Titus 2, 3 through 5. Go for it, Father of the faith. Stand up and read real loud. So this is a picture of a teacher teaching someone to be a teacher to teach someone else to be a teacher. Paul teaching Timothy to teach the older women, to teach the younger women, to teach their children. Hmm, that's what that's about. Very interesting. So I'm going to switch gears, and I'm going to talk about something that I know. I know education, okay? So I don't know if you know this or not, but teaching is one of the highest forms of evaluation. All right, so in a classroom, if a teacher can get their children to teach the other children in their class, not only is that teacher a highly effective teacher, that student is a highly genius child who has mastered the standards and will pass any test that you put in front of them. You'll be a full-on compass. <laughs> right? Teaching, highest form of evaluation. So um, mothers and fathers of the faith, I want to ask you, who are you teaching? Think about education, okay? Um, first of all, let me say this. If you have, you should be teaching the kingdom, period. So if you're a mother of children, you should be teaching them the kingdom, all right? This is one of my pet peeves as an educator. I taught in the classroom for 14 years, and I taught primarily 5th and 7th grade ELA. And I just want to tell y'all some things that my 5th and 7th grade ELA students tell us they They had to do, okay? And look how well he turned out. He can read. Y'all saw him read. <laughs> okay, so in my class, students had to read novels, commencement speeches, historical documents, articles, poetry, textbooks, all for a purpose. These purposes range from finding the main idea, finding the theme of the text, finding the author's purpose for writing, arguing their opinion on the text, finding evidence to support the claim, making their own claim based on what they read, add reasoning as to why you've made your specific claim based on evidence from the text, to compare and contrast characters, themes, or settings. And there was always an expectation. Beginning in third grade, in third grade, that's Ezra's age, Ezra's stand-up. This little bitch, he's big, but he's only eight. Beginning in third grade, these children have to read a series of texts, multiple, like three, and then they have to come up with a theme based on the question that they're given, and they have to write essays, stating their claim, adding evidence and reasoning to support what they think about that text. It's nice. That's what we expect our children to do. Not only that, um, then we give them a test that the state says, guess what? They ain't smart unless they pass this. And we expect them to pass the test. That's what the pagan world expects of our children. And guess what? They do it. My fourth graders, when I taught at Bain Elementary, my fourth graders had to read the Bill of Rights. Have y'all read that? Anybody, anybody read the Bill of Rights? We had to read the Bill of Rights number one through 10. You, they are not written in English, by the way. I don't know where they're written in. They had to read them, and then they're written in Old English, really smart. Well, 
it's like the um, amendments and when we have to go to the polls to vote and you read it and you go, what does that even say? It's written like that. Um, and so the kids have to read it and then they have to go, then I would say, okay, what does that mean? Nine-year-old. And I didn't tell it to them because I was tough like that. And I made them figure it out. So they figured out what those amendments mean. And then they had to apply it to the Constitution of the United States of America, which they also had to read and interpret. They're nine. Okay, so we expect our children in the pagan world to master standards that we teach them to demonstrate that orally and on paper. Here's my question. What are we holding our children to in terms of the gospel in their lives? Biggest pet peeve. I used to teach fifth and fifth and sixth grade Sunday school at church, and I would open up the teacher's manual for these lessons, and it would be like Noah built the ark, and they got in, and God saved them because of their faith. Period. Post story. Y'all heard what I just said that my fourth, fifth, and seventh graders had to do in school. Tyler, have you ever think, done anything at church as rigorous as you did at school ever in your life? Eli Rogers, have you ever done anything as rigorous at church as you've done at school? Mm. And just a mom brag moment, Eli made two advance on his state test. So if Eli, stand up, if Eli can make an advance in Algebra 1, turn around and look at them. An English one, what standard should I hold him to in the kingdom? <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Just saying. Alright, so maybe you don't have children at home. What does this look like in your life? Well, mothers of the gospel have to set great expectation for themselves and for the generations coming after them. Y'all saw me line up these mothers of the faith. Even Sadie has generations coming after her. It's a little Hattie. She can teach her all kinds of things about Jesus that Alex and Casey can't teach her. Right? And little baby brother or sister got lots of stuff to teach them. Right? Miss Katie B, the younger generation is yearning for your wisdom to be poured out to them. Women my age and younger want it. They want to know. Tell me how you did it because you've been faithful. That's what they want to know. Uh, Lydia, those junior high girls are in the pit. Junior high is sketchy, and it's hard. But the kingdom is in you, and it should be flowing from your belly like streams of living water. You are the answer for every problem in that campus. Every one of them. It's you. You have the answer. That's what the world needs. That's what we need. Okay, so not only do they set eager expectations for themselves and the generations after them, they eagerly teach women around them the truths of the kingdom. They use their testimony of what Christ has done for them to help set other people free. That's what your testimony can do. They have demonstrated the gospel to the world around them via the gifts of the Spirit that God has given to them. Whatever your gift is, all of them. Pour them out. They are alive with truth and they are alive with faith. They believe for better things for the people all around them. And they intercede on their behalf. They love their neighbor more than with just words. They love their neighbor with deeds to bless them. They patiently teach 
and reteach and reteach and reteach and reteach again. Attitudes, lessons, actions, and beliefs that touch the Father's heart and that reflect His heart. They pour their lives out for other people with a servant's heart. That's what mothers of the faith do. It's a high calling. Okay, so today we're going to do something a little bit different. I've talked 16 minutes maybe. We're going to do something really different. We're going to give homage to the mothers that are in this room, and maybe they're not in this room. It doesn't matter. Let's just don't let these four walls be our boundary. Okay? Um, This is going to require a lot of audience participation, or y'all are about to make this real awkward. Whatever. You know what they teach teachers in school? Wait time. Ask the question. If nobody answers, you just wait because it gets real awkward, and then guess what people do? So I'm a believer in wait time, okay? So don't make this awkward. It's whatever, I'm fine. So I'm going to start open mic. And yes, I want you to use the microphone, right? We're going to send these words out the waves, okay? I would love it if we could honor the mothers in the room who have discipled you in your faith. Maybe they're not in the room. Good. Honor any mother of the faith who's discipled you in your faith. Oftentimes, we don't know the impact that we've had on other people. We don't know the little ripples that happen because of our obedience to Christ. Because ripples sometimes are invisible. They're almost always silent. So I'll tell you a little bit of those ripples that have happened in my life. Um, One happened when I was probably in ninth or 10th grade. And we had a youth minister, the first time ever in our church. That was not a thing. And then it was a thing. And we had this youth minister. But I wish I could push pause on this recording. He wasn't. And so I would be like, yay, let's do some stuff. Okay. And so finally he said, because I pestered him all the time, he said, okay, I'll tell you what, if you'll plan it, we'll do it. That was a ripple into my life. Because one of my God-given gifts is vision and planning. I had, my brain works like a spider web, and ideas just, like, all the time. And so that birthed in me like this planning and visionary gift that I didn't know I had until that moment. And it really, like we saw that evidence when I met Brian and then he was the youth minister, but really we were the youth ministers, but I never got the check. Anywho, we did it. And so a lot of, we did that for 15 years and probably for the first 12 Brian didn't have to plan a thing. Because my brain was like, and I would just hand it to him. And we were with his kids all the time, weren't we, Tyler? Like, all the time. We loved them. And so, like, loved them. By the way, maybe this could be a ripple into someone's life. You know what the world needs? People who love teenagers. Oh, I can't find people who would love all my teenagers. Like, I'm about to have two. And churches don't have youth ministers. They don't have preachers either. Just saying. Okay. That was one ripple that happened in my life. Another one um, happened because I always had this tug about adoption in my life, and I didn't know what that meant. And so we just kind of pushed on Brian, and he was like, yes, that seed planted in fertile heart, thank goodness, because it would have been a struggle. And so I read this book called Orphanology, and in this book there was one sentence that said that um, this nonprofit called Hope House International took a um, riverboat cruise every summer and visited 15 orphanages in Ukraine. 
And I don't know why, but of all the sentences in that book, that sentence, like, was ringing my bells. And I was like, that's impossible. It's impossible. I can't do that. Well, I'd be darned if my daddy called me. I gave it to him to read, and my daddy called me and said, hey, I have something that I read in this book and I want to tell you about. He said, I read about this nonprofit called Hope House International, and I went, shut up. And he was calling me to tell me that he thought some other people should do it. But Jesus said, this is your confirmation that you are supposed to do it. And so that set a ripple effect into our, our lives. And God demonstrated miracle after miracle with that story. I'll tell it to you sometime. Okay, another ripple effect on my life was I, I made a post about this because this is like National Foster Care Month, the month of May is. And um, foster care was not in our vocabulary. Adoption was, but foster care was not. In fact, anything that you've ever seen or read in your life about foster care has probably had a negative connotation. Like foster care is bad because they're taking kids from families. It's not a. It's never been really seen as positive, And I always thought it was just work, right? Um, but people around us, people of obedience that are in really our circle, acquaintances and friends, began to foster. And again, it still wasn't in my vocabulary, but then God started to say, look what they're doing. What are you doing? And so their obedience was a ripple in our life. And that is the splash right back there. Right there. Okay, another ripple in my life has been Brian. Like, God literally just, I don't even know how he did it, bringing us bringing me here and us together, but he did that. And then um, I feel like what God does when he brings two people together is that he takes the best parts of you, but then he makes them who you're supposed to be, right? And so Brian is always my yes person. Like I told you, all these crazy ideas. I don't think he's ever said no. Sometimes he's like, I don't know if we can do it. And I was like, whatever, we're doing it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Like we got five minutes to do. Like, I'm like, we can do that. that we can do all of it. Said. We do every bit of that. We and he's been like, okay. I don't. And I really don't think he's ever told me no. And then also just making me do things like this, making me do things like this, has been a ripple in my life. That is um, allowing God to move and work. So um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some of the ripple effects in your life. Okay, it is my expectation today. Remember I said mothers of the faith set great expectations, eager expectations. This is my expectation today, that we let our testimony edify, honor, and bless those people around us. Okay, I'm also, I've got a few scriptures maybe, I thought I did, and I'm going to walk around and I'm going to hand them, I only have three. I'm going to hand them to three people. And then if there's ever a lull in the action, which there better not be, um, these people are going to read uh, a scripture and, um, and I have a scripture too, so there's four. And then I believe, what I believe is that when we read this scripture, um, God is going to call us to action in some way. I don't even know what that means, but this is just what I feel. we read a scripture and God is going to cause us to activate. And then whatever he activates in us, as the, this, the written word is spoken out loud, we're going to act in obedience and do. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but that's what we're going to do, okay? Um, I don't want to put a limit on what God may ask you to do. Just listen to his voice, okay? So we're going to start open mic, and we are going to 
bless, edify, encourage people around us. My phone's up here, and I'd reach for it in my back pocket to try to look up this verse. Um, and so I had a confirmation because I didn't have my phone in my back pocket. And I was like, I wonder where that verse is. It seems like it's in Timothy. And all I did, we were in Titus, so I just flipped back a couple of pages, and the first thing I landed on was the verse I was looking for. I was like, all right, that's confirmation. So, um, But this is the verse that uh, he says. He says, you know that I've been called to serve the God of my fathers with a clean conscience. Night and day I pray constantly for you, building a memorial for you in my prayers. I know that you have wept for me, your spiritual father, and your tears are dear to me. I can't wait to see you again. I'm filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother Lois and passed it on to your dear mother Eunice. And it's clear that you are following in the footsteps of their godly example. And so, um, like, that's perfect for me. Like, that, those were my godly examples was my mom and my grandma. It was, that's what it was. And the family line, you can take that family line, that same family, all the way back to the start of the foundation of Basket Baptist Church when it was started. Like, that's what it started with, like our family line. And so, passed down from generation to generation, and not only did they teach me to pray, um, to um, seek God, to seek His counsel, to seek wisdom. Um, they gave me, you know, my first devotional books. I remember one of my first ones that was like a real one, not the open windows that you got at church, um, was Charles Stanley. Um, in his presence, still remember to this day, because it touched me. Um, and those things. But more than that, it was their godly walk. Like, it wasn't something they just did at church. Um, we were at church every time the doors were open for everything, even when nobody went to church on Wednesday nights, when it was just a simple little prayer meeting of 10 people, we were still there. I might be the only kid there, but we were still there. Um, but it wasn't only just that being the example. The example was that's how they lived their life. And it was shown out in front of me um, how they loved well. Um, my grandma, I, she just never said ill about anybody didn't matter the way they acted or anything um she just taught you love you know um she you know how like we as parents get exasperated with your kids you know blah 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 she's like don't do that um why are you spanking them babies that kind of thing you know um but like if you made something special for a special event, like a cake or a pie or something of that nature, you don't want nobody touching that thing, right? So it's like homecoming the next day. She just had fresh um, coconut pie come out the oven. And me and my buddy walked in. It's like, oh, look at this. And she never said a word. We ate the whole pie. He ate half, I ate half. We get home, Mama's like, why'd y'all do that? That was for homecoming tomorrow. And then she asked Grandma, why'd you let her do, why'd you let them do that? She said, if they wanted that pie, they needed that pie. She said, what if something happened to them and they never made the homecoming and didn't get that pie? She said, I would never live with myself. But that's the way she was. It was always about love and grace and mercy. 
Um, so I, I learned more than just going to church, but just how to walk. And so I just honor both of them today. Is it on? Do I have to use it? Is my face red? <laughs> it's glowing the pink. That's all it is. So when I think back about the mothers in my life, just growing up, everything, the one thing I can think about is selfless love. My mom, my grandma, my great-grandma, every single one of them, it's almost unreal the type of love they show because they never think about themselves. My mom always put me and Chris and my daddy above any need or any want she ever had. And I just, growing up, that's just all I knew. You know, I never knew a selfish love from her. It was just always, in my eyes, perfect love. And so now I not only got blessed with her, but I got two like that. I got a mother-in-law that's exactly the same way. And that's really unreal, too, because you usually are only blessed with at least just one good mama like that, but I have two. And they keep my babies now for me, and they just never expect anything. They just always just flow love, and I think that's just a perfect example of the Father. Just love. Perfect, selfless love. <laughs> You want to say something? What do you want to say? Hello. Hello. Okay. So I got. All right. So I got Proverbs one, eight or nine. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words. And ne never forget your mother's instructions. For their insights will bring you success, adoring you with grace-filled thoughts, and giving you brains to guide your decisions. All right, let me take a breath because I'm nervous. And I, like, I don't like speaking for people, but I'm So I never wanted to be a mother. I'm like, kids, gross, don't like them. <laughs> Like, mom being a teacher, I'm like, ew, like, no, do not like them. And when they had on Ronnie, she just, I never wanted to be away from her. Like, she was just such a light to my life. And I was like, I think I want to do this. I was like, oh, I, I think I'm ready. Like, let's do this. And I'm just so blessed. Um, and I just have such a good example of a mother in my life. And I feel like ever since I've had a child and became a mother, it's made me appreciate my mother so much more. Like when you become a mother, you just like, wow, how many sacrifices and what all she did for me. Just it makes me really appreciate that. So just, guys, if you're not a mother yet, just hold your mother's time because we're so blessed with just great examples of mothers in 
I can actually talk now. It's not about me. I'm not going to be a babbling mess. Um, women, you can't live without them. I'm going to tell you that. I want to thank each and every mother in here today. Um, y'all mean a lot. Y'all mean a lot. Um, y'all's overwhelming love that y'all you know pour out, not only over your own children, but uh, the children of the community. Um, I want to thank, you know, Dorinda here, Kelsey, Julie, Miss Beverly. These women have, you know, raised me up to be who I am. Um, but I will say this, um, Dorinda has showed me so much strength here in the past few months. Um, I got another verse for y'all, Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ is Christ's explosive power and infuses me to conquer every difficulty. So, you women, y'all mean a lot. Y'all don't get that every day. I want to thank y'all. Um, read it quick. You read that. You read that. Second Timothy. Yeah. Alright. Here I just pulled up on my phone. Sometimes these men, we get we get a little, or we can't drop, keep from dropping tears from our eyes <laughs> to even talk. Oh shoot. And I'm one of them for sure. Alright, so this is 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. I guess I need my own. Alright. It says, And how far from childhood have you been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through through faith in Christ Jesus? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I know that this is verse. This is a verse that's for teaching. How teaching? You're teaching even if you don't think you're teaching. So you just may as well go on and teach from a teacher, from the teacher. You know, pattern your life by Him, and then you won't have to worry about how you teach. Because He's going to teach through you by your obedience to Him. And so many times, I know my two children, they were both different in raising. Anybody has more than one child, they realize that, I mean, probably even Taylor right now knows that to... Discipline one is different than discipline the other. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. And so, you just have to rely on God to do that. And while I got the mic up here, um, you know, my mom, she had a, she did a lot of good caretaking. There was a lot of things that we wouldn't have had in our life if it wasn't for mama. Mama was one of those who would send us to church, but really would just kind of come casually. But she made sure we went. And I know she worked 
six days a week, so I know it was kind of tough for her, and she looked at that as a day of rest. And, but she always made sure we were there, made sure we were clothed, made sure we were fed, I mean, and just took care of us. And so I saw a lot of godly character in her in how she took care of us. Uh, but I can tell you, I truly have seen God in my wife. Um, she is a. She sometimes wonders what is her, um, what is her talent or what is her gift. And I can tell you, it's it's easy to, for most everybody else here in this room to see that children love to gravitate to my wife, and she has that natural caretaker ability. If anybody comes to my house, they're usually going to be fed. They're usually. She's going to make sure they're taken care of. And, and it's the same way we enjoy our grandchildren, just like Casey was saying earlier. It is such a blessing. And I don't ever remember staying at my grandparents' house ever. Ever. I, don't, I know I never spent the night at my grandparents' house. One of my grandmothers was in a nursing home by the time I came into the world. But the other one lived right next to us, and I never remember going over there and spending the night. And what a blessing it is for them to come and want to come spend the night. And they know Gabby's going to take care of them, that's for sure. And so we had a blessed day yesterday with them. They spent the night Friday night, and we all got in the pond and swam, and it was just a good old time, you know. So, But anyway, you know, mothers are truly a blessing, and you are teaching whether you realize it or not. So if you'll just allow yourself to be taught correctly, you'll teach correctly. because I didn't have my dad around, I didn't have my grandparents around. But she was definitely a provider for 10 plus kids. She raised all of us with the help of the Lord. <clears throat> she raised the neighborhood kids. She always had a house full of kids. So I guess that's something, sometimes I feel like, okay, is this good or is this bad? Because I do that a lot. <laughs> but I thank God for you know installing that love for people that my mom had in me. I thank God for her installing me how to get my Bible, read, trust God, and pray. That was a praying woman. I thank God for that. And I just want to honor her today and honor every, <clears throat> every mom here. Thank God for y'all. We're important people. Well, I just want to honor my mom. I don't have a scripture in there. I say y'all get no scriptures. But my mom is... Don't want that. No, you come say your first. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to say mine and you're going to say yours. I'm going to leave you by yourself. Because if I did, she wasn't going to come up here. <laughs> she was not going to come up here. Uh, my mom, I was raised by my mom only. 
before a pastor started whooping, whooping me in school. You know, then he became my dad. <laughs> but um, consistently for over 20 years, my mom consistently showed me what prayer life looked like. For 20, over 20 years, she woke up at five o'clock in the morning. If she was sick, she was up, slanging all around the house, throwing it all on your head. <laughs> if my friends came to stay, they was wondering why they was greasy. <laughs> but she consistently did that for 20 plus years, consistently. I don't care if she was sick or hurting or whatever, she was up at five o'clock in the morning praying. And um, that instilled such a, a hunger and a love for prayer and worship, you know? So I appreciate you, all right? Thank you. I want to honor 
Hello, my mom. <laughs> In Casey, she pretty well nailed it. She is a selfish person, and uh, she's a killer. There ain't no doubt. And when uh, I need somebody to talk to, she's there. And if I get out of line, she's there. <laughs> but I can remember growing up as a little kid, and mom would. We had a, we lived in a little neighborhood, and uh, it was always limbs to be picked up and stuff that I thought everybody else should do it. Mom always made us do it, and I thought that is not right. But she taught me so much in that, and I don't even know how to explain it or to even put enough emphasis on it. But my mom was the greatest mom in the world. She loved to hear. I just got a big brownie point, sister. You better come say yours. <laughs> 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 you better come say yours. 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 You
raised me from a baby from eight months until I got up and thought I was grown. And she taught me right from wrong. And if you do wrong, there's consequences. And being and, uh, raised by a grandmother and didn't have no father figures around me, but I had an uncle. He taught me stuff. Drive a tractor, how to fix a fence, and all that kind of stuff. With the love of God, my grandmother, she worked hard to provide for me. And then when I start having kids, were married, I, mother of eight kids, <coughs> she helped me raise my kids. My kids. And she was there. They couldn't do no wrong in her eyesight. And I appreciated that. And you know, it gave me strength and courage to have to be a mother. I had a lady ask me for, for one of my kids. I told her, no, she said, well, you got so many. That's all right, I'm not giving them what. <laughs> you know, do what I did. But with the help of, I know, I know there's a God somewhere. I know that. Because it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I've had tragedy in my life. I've had two kids that got run over by a car. One of them, my cousin, got mad. She got in the car. He was sitting on the step. We built up there on Whitehall. Instead of her going back, she came forward, right into him, knocked that front wall loose. And I knew it wasn't nothing but God that saved him. Then another one, my baby son, we, I'm going to a film, I told him to stay at the house. No, he was going to come out in the road and running and going to run across, dodging back and forth. Car hit him. And when I got home, they told me he was, I went down and he was just like a crumbled up. But see, God brought him through. You can't make me think there's no God out there because I believe that. I've had tragedy, but I had somebody I could go to, I could talk to. I can tell him my secret and I don't have to worry about being told to me. God is a good God. He's a merciful God. He's a just God. He do not put no more on you than you can take. We have tests, like teachers give you tests. And I have a little nine-year-old great-grandchild. She's in third grade, and they give them lessons like 12th grades. The lesson in Harvard, with the help of the good Lord, you explain it to her, she can go ahead and do it. That's God. Tell you how God can work. I know how he can work because I have tried it for myself. He is a good God and a merciful God. And I just 
Congratulate all your mothers. Cause to say, have kids. Sometimes your grandmothers are raising your kids. And the Bible says, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. I didn't have, I, I don't holler, I didn't holler at my kids. You better not. One time, Mother's Day Day, they got, think it's funny. That child, you don't raise him right and put the fear of God in him. Put the fear of God in him. I have a grandson. I'm going to sit down. I have a grandson in Houston, Texas. Stay with me for five years, and he often tell me he appreciate what I did for him. I taught him right from wrong, and I talked told him about the Lord. I always told my kids, you get in trouble, you go, you out there. It's not because I don't love you, but if you get in trouble, you know right from wrong. I told him about Jesus, my oldest son. He called me one night. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna sit down. He lived in Houston, Texas. My next oldest son, I was, "Mama, you need to call Kurt. I I can know for my kids, something going, not going right with them. I I have that feeling." Something can tell me that things not right. And he called me 12 o'clock one night. And he told me, he said, Mama, he said, oh, he been having problems. And he said he wanted to come home for his birthday, which was December the 22nd. And I told him, I said, I've always told you all, you tried the devil. I said, why not try God? Go, God, not going to let you down. I'm trying to get myself together, Mama. I said, well, you don't worry about me because Mama is all right. And when I talked to them, I always told them I love them. That was at 12, it was Tuesday night, Thursday, Thursday night, 12 o'clock. They called and told me he was dead. 35 years old. He was dead. But I have told I told them about what God can do. And I know what prayer can do. Because prayer really have brought me through. Really have. And I just said, Happy Mother's Day to all your mothers and grandmothers. And take care of those kids. Do not spare the rod. You don't have to holler at them. Tell them, no, don't do that. Sit down and talk to them. And they appreciate it. Thank you.
is really out of my comfort zone, but that's how we grow. So, um, I really first wanted to share that when um, Brent, when you were praying over Chelsea and Tyler, I really saw the Holy Spirit. Something I just wanted to share with y'all. I don't know y'all that well, but it was really an invitation for me to get to know you better. But the Holy Spirit showed me almost like this vine, and it was a vine just all the way. And what that vine symbolizes was you two intertwined. But in the middle of that, I saw the Holy Spirit coming back up through it. And He was right there with y'all. But it was tight. It was so tight that nothing could break that. And I just really pray blessing over Tyler's healing in your marriage. So I'm just so happy for y'all. Um, there was a verse. I was actually, I found, I'd read it this morning. It's kind of been a life verse for me um, for the past year. But I just really um, wanted to share it um, for everybody, not you know, for mothers, women, everybody. Um, it's Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. I think um, a lot of times when we're going through, we're having hard days and we're dealing with our children and different things of life where um, our mind tends to go towards um, trying to figure things out on our own or try to um, not hand it over to the one that that we know can do it. And I just want to encourage everybody um, to, if you don't have people in your life that are um, Christian friends, I'm not just talking about women. I know a lot of times we have a lot of friends, but it's the Christian friends we need in our life to uplift us and get us through even a small thing, even something like we're having trouble with our kids potty training. Or, I mean, I, I remember those seasons. But I think it's so wonderful to have godly women friends that, we, that can uplift us and encourage us not to gossip or slander, but to encourage. And I hope y'all all have a great Mother's Day. He tried to get me to come up for Rebecca Kane. I said, this is what I mean by waiting time. Wait on the Lord. Okay, I got another. One more verse three. Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I'm about to tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let you in on the sweet old truth. Stories we heard from our fathers. Counsel we learned in our mother's knee. We are not keeping this to ourselves. We are passing it along to the next generation. God's fame and fortune, the marvelous things he has done. He planted a witness in Jacob, set his word firmly in Israel, then commanded our parents to teach it to their children so the next generation would know and all the generations to come know the truth and tell the stories so their children can trust in God. 
never forget the works of God, but keep His commands to the letter. I think that's what um, God is saying today. He's saying, become a teacher. Set high standards. Eager expectation. Expect our children to become kingdom children and to teach others. Um, so I'm going to pray over us and we'll be dismissed. Um, of course, we'll take turns over here, um, get those, and then the picture frames are over there. Uh, you can pick one, whichever one you want. Do anything else to say about that? Um, and so, um, a couple of things just thought about as listening to those stories and um, some testimonies today, especially Tyler's and, and then Miranda. I remember last Mother's Day, Miranda, and you, you had to bring those gifts for those mothers, right? Um, and so you experienced loss, and through that loss, you said, I have to do this, I have to sow this, right? And so Psalms 126 says, those who sow in tears will reap. Enjoy. That was last Mother's Day. Amen. And then we reap with joy today with the bundle in your arms. And uh, just a beautiful story of redemption all throughout today and today. Because um, that's what our God does. Amen. Brings beauty from ashes. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a loving, loving Father. So let's stand and I'm going to pray over us. God, we thank you so much for all you do for us. And we thank you, God, that you are here, that you are with us. We thank you, God, that um, you've got us. Not only have you called us to be teachers, but you set the example. As we follow you, let that ripple effect for every generation that comes after us. sons of God. So we thank you for the stories of redemption today. We thank you, God, for showing us that. We thank you that your word promises us we overcome by these testimonies. If you did it before, you'll do it again. And when we face trials and tribulations, we go back to these moments where we say, no, Tell our children and our children's children how faithful you are. Father, I thank you for the stories in this room and the ripple effects that have already happened and that are beginning today. May the people in this room who are listening on podcast for all generations to come. Love you guys.